Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 1287 Southern New England Sports Original. 1037 WEI. Second final hour of Meter and the Coach on a Sunday morning. Patriots and Colts 930 NFL Network locally Channel 5 in the Boston area. Tim can't wait. Gardner Minshew shredding the Patriots secondary, Jonathan Taylor, yada, yada, yada. Name your favorite Indianapolis Colt. Marvin Harrison ain't walking through that door. Know who is, though? Bill Koch, Providence Journal, one of our favorites. Bill, good morning to you. Tim led off the show talking about the atmosphere at the Amp last night. He was there watching the Friars beat Milwaukee. 11,000 people show up in a home court advantage that continues. Would you agree? I would. Uh, good morning, guys. And and I would say, uh, you know, Providence has a right to expect a good crowd at this point. They were sold out of season tickets before June 1st. They were sold out of student tickets before June 1st. Uh, there was great buzz about this program coming into this year. And I think we've seen it. Their first two crowds against Columbia and, and Milwaukee. Uh, the AMP is, is a true home court advantage. Yeah, no, that's something that uh, which Ed Cooley built. We'll get into him in a little in a little bit. But where Providence is headed this year, what you've seen, I know it's tough to say in the first couple games, but the fact that they're holding serve, uh, you think they're headed in the right direction under Kim English? They'll get a really good test on Tuesday against Wisconsin. That that's a uh, a, a Gabbitt Games matchup. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a real step up in class from Columbia and Milwaukee, um, you know, and I think we'll, we'll get a really good idea there. And, and then in their upcoming trip to the Bahamas next weekend, um, you know, where they play Kansas state and, and potentially Miami in their second game, uh, you know, we'll have an idea how they stack up. But I, I think just, if you look at their talent and, and you look at their rotation, um, you know, there's certainly enough pieces here to get back to the NCAA tournament. Bill, uh, I think Kim's done a great job of just kind of keeping the, the program stable with not losing guys in the portal and adding a couple guys from George Mason. I think that that can play. I mean, obviously you you cover the Atlantic Ten. You see you've solved Mason play in the past. Yeah, Josh Shaduro is is a really good player. He's a two time All A Ten selection. Uh, Ticket Gaines was a guy who started his career at Tennessee. He's a high major recruit. Um, 
you know, but you're right, Tim. The the retention that Kim English did was so important when he came into the job. You know, being able to keep Bryce Hopkins and Devin Carter, getting Garway Duell to to recommit to Providence. Um, you know, those are all key pieces, and you know, I think you could see last night against Milwaukee that uh, you know those guys will be a big part of this going forward. So where do you see them stacking up in the league? I mean, I think they're better than seventh. They were picked seventh. Uh, but the league is very good. I mean, how do you evaluate the league so far? Well, the teams at the top are, are very difficult to displace. You know, if you look at Marquette and, and Creighton and UConn, obviously. Um, you know, I think those are, are, are pretty clear top three coming into the year. Um, you know, I think Providence is in that next tier with Villanova, St. John's. Uh, Xavier has had a couple key injuries before the start of the season. You you wonder how they'll weather those, but I I think the the coaches poll reflected, um, you know maybe faith in in other guys who run programs. I, I think Rick Pitino and Sean Miller were were both picked ahead of Providence because the other coaches believe in them more than than they believe in Kim and. You know, I don't necessarily think that, that Kim's talent is any worse than what St. John's has or, or what Xavier has. But I, I think that, you know, the coaches in the league looked at Rick Pitino, who's a Hall of Famer, and, you know, Sean Miller, who's coached in the Elite Eight at, at Arizona. And they might have had a little more faith in, in those two guys maximizing what they have uh, on hand. Um, you know, if Providence is able to, to elevate, finish, you know, third, fourth, fifth uh, in the league, that will put to bed any questions that you have about Kim English going forward. Bill Cox, Providence Journal, is our guest. Bill, Holy Cross stuns Pro, or Holy Cross stuns Georgetown, 68-67 in front of 7,000 in D.C. yesterday. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw that score? Uh, I think it's it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. Uh, you know, Georgetown has, has been at the bottom of the Big East for, for years now. Uh, you know, isn't the program that it was under John Thompson. It, it's certainly not the program that it was, you know, when Tim was coaching the Friars. Uh, you know, they, Ed Cooley has a big job on his hands to, to try to get Georgetown back to where they should be. I, I don't think it's a surprise that, that they lose to anyone at this point and and you know that's independent of who the coach is um you know it just reflects how bad they've been when when you consider that they've won two conference games in in the last two years um you know Patrick Ewing's last two seasons they were 12 and 50 uh it's not a good basketball team it's just not uh you know you look at Georgetown and you know they're on the same level right now with Louisville um you know, and John, I, I know you see them in the ACC. Uh, you know, they lost a bye game the other night to Chattanooga. Uh, yep. You know, it's just not a surprise when Louisville or Georgetown or some of these legacy brands lose to people. They, they've got such a long way to go to get back to what they should be. That's a great point about Louisville. Uh, Tim talked about earlier about you know, the whole cultural situation and what Ewing didn't do at Georgetown in terms of building – and rebranding the program and just letting everything go basically. But knowing Ed Cooley as well as you do, as well as you do, Bill, uh, do you see him being patient at all? 
well, he's not necessarily going to be patient. I, I haven't necessarily met many coaches on that level who, who are, uh, you know, they'll, they'll project a good face to their team, but behind the scenes, he, he won't be happy. Certainly. Um, you know, but I, I think you take a job like that and, and you look at their recent results. I, I think you understand that it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a little bit of time. Um, you know, he's got a, a good recruiting class coming in next year. Uh, you could certainly hit the transfer portal and, and augment that in a certain way. Um, you know, and you look what Ed Cooley did at Providence and, and you look at Georgetown and the advantages that that job has in, in terms of the school's endowment and their facilities and their proximity to talent in the DMV. Uh, you would expect him to get that up and running at some point, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's, you know, they've had really lean years here in recent times. And, and, you know, that just doesn't turn immediately. Bill, uh, I know you cover Rhode Island as well. And Archie Miller year two, obviously a, a better outlook this year. When you get a job in the spring, it's always hard to get the talent that you want and figure out what you need. But it seems like, to me, Rhode Island's got uh, a much improved team this year. Give us a little input and outlook for them, uh, what you've seen so far for URI. Yeah, much better team. Um, you know, more weapons across the board. You, you look at guys like Jaden House, who, who's a really good perimeter scorer. Um, someone like Zeke Montgomery, who played deep into the NIT last year with Bradley. Uh, you know, Tyson Brown was a, a Juco big guy who, who had a, a fair amount of interest, um, you know, just, just a better team. And, and you look at Archie Miller and, and his resume coming in, you know, last year, he's nine and 22 at URI his first year. He hasn't lost like that before. You know, he didn't lose like that at any point at Dayton. He, he didn't lose like that at any point at Indiana. That that's just not who he is. Uh, and he had a feeling that, that he would turn this you know, relatively quickly. He, it, this was not going to be another single-digit win team. It, it wasn't going to be a team that was picked 14th in the Atlantic 10. You, you really felt when the coaches poll came out that, that they would outperform that. And you know, just based on two games, what you've seen here, uh, you know, they get Wagner on Tuesday night, and then they play at Mohegan Sun next weekend. They'll step up in class. Uh, against Northwestern and then either Mississippi State or Washington State, uh, you got the feeling that that you know Archie just based on his track record, it, this was not going to be another bomb, uh, you know, in year two, and they've shown some really encouraging signs here early. What about the other programs in the state, uh, Bill? You obviously, if you wear a lot of hats, uh, looks like Brown is improved, and and Bryant is one of the favorites uh, in the America East. What do you see from them? Yeah, Browns had a couple tough losses here early. They they played a really good road game against Colgate to start. Uh, Colgate has been the clash of the Patriot League for the last four or five years. Uh, you know, Brown lost that one down at the end. Uh, yesterday, I, I think they would have been disappointed losing to Loyola, Maryland at home. Uh, they had a couple end-of-game situations in regulation and, and in overtime that, that they would probably like to do over again. Um you know, but going forward, Brown has good talent. Keno Lilly Jr. could be the Ivy League player of the year. He He's you know, that type of player in the backcourt. He's dynamic, scorer, uh, you know, someone who can lead a team into the postseason. 
Uh, you know, and then Brian, the, the questions with Brian were off court coming into the year, uh, obviously with Jared Grasso being on administrative leave. Uh, you got Phil Martelli Jr. serving as the acting head coach. Um, you know, you wonder how he can lead those guys going forward. Uh, they have good players. Sharif Gross Bullock and, and Earl Timberlake were preseason All-America East. Um, and when you have two of the five or six best players in your league, it, it stands to reason that you should think that you will be successful at, at some point. Uh, the one qualifier with Bryant non-conference is, is that their schedule is an absolute meat grinder. Uh, they play at Rutgers today. Um, and that's one of a handful of, of power five games that they have on the schedule. So for, for Brian, it will be much more about treading water until they get to the conference schedule. Bill, you also, as part of your many hats, you, you, you cover the Red Sox on so a pretty regular basis for the pro Joe. Uh, interesting developments, no doubt. Uh, Craig Breslow, your initial takes on, on that hire and how that all shook down. Uh, interesting from the standpoint that it, it seemed like the Red Sox got turned down by a lot of number ones and, and number twos from other organizations. Um, you know, but for me, Breslow is a much better fit than High and Bloom. He, he's someone who is from the region. He has played here. He has won a championship here. Um, I don't think you're going to hear him demean the Red Sox by calling them underdogs or tell us <laughs> how difficult the AL East is or tell us that the Red Sox should have to wait a, a certain amount of time to contend. I, I just thought that Bloom coming from the outside and, and having this, you know, seeming unending time frame, you know, he, he operated like somebody who had 10 years in the job to, to build a winner. And that's just not the case in Boston. And, and I think Breslow understood that on day one. I, I think that's in his experiences inform him that, you know, Red Sox fans are not going to sit around here and, and wait that long. Um, so in that respect, it, it's an improvement, but you know, he has serious work to do. Uh, you know, he shortened the starting rotation. He shortened middle infield defense um, and defense in general. Uh, you know, they are deficient in talent on that major league roster. I, I understand that, you know, Bloom built a farm system that, that's regarded in certain corners of the game as promising, but prospects are suspects until proven otherwise. Um, you know, and I, I think that Breslow understands that, you know, he will have big decisions to make in, in terms of trades and in terms of free agency. And he has embraced that and been very open about that uh, in the early going. And, you know, for, from everything that he said, I, I think it's encouraging the approach that he's taken to the job. What about the collision course, perhaps, between Cora and Breslow? And do you make, and, and I'm not saying, obviously, there's not a power struggle yet, uh, but there clearly was one with Bloom. Is that an issue on the horizon? Uh, I think Cora is going to relate to Breslow a lot better simply because they're, they're both former players, uh, you know, simply because Breslow, I, I think will act with more urgency here. Uh, you know, I think there was a sense around that team that, you know, Bloom basically had one hand tied behind Cora's back. He, he basically gave him a limited roster and said, here, make something of this, uh, you know, and went into the trade deadline two years in a row in 2022 and 2023 and, and said, sorry, Alex, no help coming. Uh, and, and you could see what happened to the Red Sox from August on 
the last two seasons, they, they completely went in the tank uh, and faded away from anything resembling contention uh, each last two years. And, yep. you know, player shelf life is, is short. Uh, you know, it's short. You, you don't have a long time to maximize your career. You, you don't have a long time to win championships. And, you know, that's something that Breslow and, and Cora both understand because they've been on the field. And I think the disconnect between Cora and, and Bloom was probably, uh, you know, rooted in the clubhouse. The, the fact that the players might have looked at Bloom and said, this guy just doesn't get it. He, he doesn't understand that, you know, I have a limited amount of time to, to not only make my career, but to try to win, um, you know, and in Boston, you have a limited shelf life as an executive to try to build a winner. And, and I just don't think that, you know, that was necessarily a fit philosophically with the market or, or with the manager. Bill, always uh, fascinated with your work because you, you have so many hats. You're covering college, you're covering the Red Sox. You do a great job with the high schools. What, what's piquing your interest right now around the state, whether it's some of the guys that are from Hendrick and the football players going to division one schools or what, what give, give us some storylines right now that you're covering that maybe people don't know about. Well, this weekend, uh, you know, we've got high school soccer championships. The the girls were yesterday. The boys will be today. Um, you know, you, you get into college basketball this time of year, you, you have overlap with, with the high schools and, you know, I look at the college scene right now, Tim, and, and it's interesting. You, you've got five guys who could be a legitimate starting five from the state. Uh, you know, when you look at Tyler Kolick at Marquette, uh, Enoch Cheeks at, at Dayton, uh, Tedrick Wilcox at, at Hampton, Isaiah Miranda at Oklahoma State, and then Keegan Records at, at Colgate. Uh, you know, eventually I'll, I'll probably be writing a, a Rhode Island dream team there um, you know, and just talking about their recruitments and, and how they ended up in, in certain places. Um, you know, but if you drop that team into the America East or the Atlantic 10, uh, you know, those guys would win a lot of games. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talent there. Their paths were not always straightforward. And, and, you know, you can't necessarily look at Providence or URI or Brown or Bryant and say, why didn't you recruit these guys? They, they ended up at certain levels. Um, you know, in, in sort of complex ways, uh, you know, but I, I think I'm watching the evolution of, of that five and, and of some of our other local ties in, in college basketball um, going into the season. I, I think it's fascinating, you know, just roster building and, and, you know, projection in that way. And I know you, you live that life for, for decades. Uh, you know, it, it is much more difficult than the average fan understands, you uh, you know, to try to put together a, a team that can win, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's just really interesting as, as someone on the outside, when, when you monitor kids growing up literally right before your eyes, uh, you know, so that, that's definitely something that I'm watching right now as well. well. Let's, let's dive a little deeper into Tyler Kolick. Um, it, what happened? I mean, why didn't he, it was pretty well documented that he had big, big interest in coming to Providence. Uh, he obviously grew up playing in their gym, you know, after his transfer from George Mason, you know, why didn't he end up in Providence? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, there wasn't necessarily a marriage there on, on both sides. Uh, you know, Providence went in other directions. They, they went for, 
veteran backcourt help, whether that was Jared Bynum uh, or Al Durham. Uh, you know, they also had a, a pedigree recruit coming in in, in Jaden Pierre. Um, you know, so it was a little bit crowded at the point guard spot. I, I don't necessarily think that there was the commitment from Providence to focus on Tyler like there was from Marquette. Uh, I think Shaka Smart w- was much more aggressive in that way. He he was one of the first coaches to call Tyler when he went into the transfer portal out of George Mason. And, you know, I think Shaka Smart guaranteed much more of a role for Tyler up front, uh, you know, said, you're going to be a big part of this. And I, I see you as an ideal fit for what we want to do. Um, you know, the other side of that w- was Providence and, and under Ed Cooley, you know, they're a flex offense team. Um, you know, and I think Tyler is perfectly suited to run a pick and roll, uh, you know, an NBA type offense at Marquette. And I think in that way, he knew himself, he, he knew that his skill set would be best utilized, uh, you know, in the system at Marquette and maybe not at Providence. Um, you know, so I think Shaka Smart made a really good evaluation and, and I think Tyler made a really good decision, um, you know, and those two things coming together helped Marquette win Big East regular season and tournament titles last year. Um, you know, so I think it it worked out well for both parties. Obviously, Providence is in the Sweet 16, and then last year they're back in the NCAA tournament. Um, you just don't always necessarily have a marriage in, in recruiting, Tim. I, I know, you know you've been on that side of it. You, there are certainly players who, who you've wanted who you haven't gotten. Uh, there are also players who, who maybe you thought, you know, this guy can play for us. You know, he can help us. And, and he's turned into more than maybe you anticipated. Um, you know, it's a very inexact science. You, you like to think that you can make the perfect evaluation on guys, but uh, it doesn't always play out that way. Yeah, that's why it's a road littered with uh, ex-coaches, I guess. Bill Koch, thanks so much for joining us on this Sunday morning. We hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving down the road, and we appreciate your time as always. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Great stuff, Bill. Thank you. Bill Koch, Providence Journal. I don't know how he keeps it all straight. Does a terrific job. A man of all seasons, Tim Welsh. And, you know, it's funny, I think back, you think of Tyler Kolick, I know you've had some recruiting woes, but even when I was with BC and Steve Donahue started there, you can go back to Pat Connaughton, who was at St. John's Prep. And I said this many times about local guys. Why are they Why are they not at BC? And they go off and they enjoy Jake Layman's another guy. Uh, guys that, you know, they clearly had on the radar, but they couldn't get them. Or for one of these, Connaughton wanted to come to BC. He wanted to play baseball. They wouldn't let him play baseball there. And he ended up going to Notre Dame, where he ended up playing both sports and mostly basketball. But still, those are the issues, Tim, that can really crush you as a coach. Well, absolutely, especially when you pick up Blue Ribbon Magazine and Tyler Kolick is first-team All-American preseason. I mean, he is a heck of a player. Uh, You know, we've had that situation many times. You know, not only a local player, but even a – a player that you wanted to come, but you weren't sure about him. And, you know, everybody develops differently and couldn't be happier for him though. He's a, seems like, I don't know him, but he seems like a great kid by all accounts. I know his dad uh, locally, a lot of people know him and he played in college with Ed Cooley actually. So uh, yeah, that, that marriage you thought maybe could have happened, but it didn't. And uh, Marquette's been the big beneficiary. Boy, what a player.
No question about that. This is Meteor the Coach, 401 1037 You want to talk Patriots, Colts? I don't know why, but we will uh, get into that a little bit, and we'll also get into much more as we roll towards nine. We'll set the table, the NFL today. Meteor and the Coach, Joe Passarelli, you're up next. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 